Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. But... What Steve Cohen did over the weekend is he corrected two wrongs. He honored the Giants. I've already made that clear. We can move on from that. And then, like you said, Pete, we talked about our history and we honored our history because the Mets have been around for a very long time now, 60 years. The last time they had an old timers day, I was in the building that day, believe it or not. It was in 1994. Now, I want to hear something crazy. In 1994, the Mets had only been around for 32 years and really only had one era of baseball to honor because at that point, 1986 was too recent. So for the 1994 Old-Timers Day, nobody from the 80s came back. I mean, Daryl Strawberry was still playing. Doc Gooden was still on the team. Think about that. So they honored this, the really the mid-70s, but really 69, 73. That was, that was it. And what they did in 1994 that day is they actually brought in rivals. The Mets didn't play the Mets that day. The Mets played a bunch of Orioles and athletics. They talked about the 69 World Series and the 73 World Series. So I remember that day, and I want to make something clear. That building was empty that day. There's a reason why old-timers, they stopped. Because nobody went. That's the truth. That's an absolute. Now, that doesn't mean it should have been eliminated for the last 30 years. I'm not suggesting that. But in 1994, it was dead. Nobody cared. Should they have brought it back by, let's say, 1999 or 2000 or 2003? Absolutely. But in 1994, it was a dead event. But in 2022, Steve Cohen and Jay Horowitz, I give Jay a lot of credit. He pulled this off. Boy, they made this event magical. The 30 minutes of announcing guys on the field and all of us having different emotions to each person that's announced. Obviously, there's a handful of guys, more than a handful, that were before our time. You know, when you're talking about 62 Mets, we just hear stories about them, even the 69 Mets. But when they start announcing 
guys that we watched, whether it was in our youth, whether it was a guy we named the podcast after, Rico Bronya. And I stood up and I clapped for him. And I was wearing my Rico Bronya jersey that day. And the guy behind me had a very good line. He's like, you know, somebody should name a podcast after him. And I said, I get what you're doing there, sir. I appreciate that. But every time somebody was announced, there was like an emotion. You know, good emotions, sometimes bad emotions, sometimes frustrated emotions, sometimes happy emotions. It was, oh my God, just the announcements. Even before they played a game, the announcements were the best part. Now, I had some opinions on who got cheered and who didn't. You know, Bartolo Colon getting maybe the biggest hand. It sort of bothers me. I, I like Bart. I have nothing against Bartolo Colon. I get why he's beloved. But Hoff, I could argue right now he had the biggest ovation at Old Timers Day. And that's incredible. But I, I understand it because he is just big sexy. And there's like a jolliness and a funness to it. It's like Vo- Vogelbach in like 15 years may come back. He might get just as much love. Be I mean, it's possible. <laughs> I, I, I get why. No, I, I do understand it. It really doesn't annoy me. It's just more, come on, Bartolo Colon's getting the biggest hand. But obviously, Daryl Strawberry got a rousing ovation. Doc... Keith, Mike Piazza got what I like to call the Joe DiMaggio treatment. There always used to be a debate at Yankees Old Timers Day when, you know, the legends were still around. They still have legends, but you know what I mean, like DiMaggio mantle, crap like that. Who should get announced last? And sometimes it's complicated. You know, who should be announced last? Joe DiMaggio or Mickey Mantle? I mean, freak, take your take your goddamn pick. Like, how do you pick between that? I think we're going to have a debate about that once David decides to show up. Do you give it to David Wright? Do you give it to Mike Piazza? I don't know if it's as open and shut. No, and obviously as the years go by, maybe more complicated with this era of Met players, but at least for now, when David decides to show up, I think he gets the closing treatment over Piazza. For now, obviously, if Seaver was alive, there'd be no debate. It'd be just George Thomas, Seaver, see you later. Obviously, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but Piazza got the superstar treatment. And so the announcements in itself, even though it was endless and it took like 35 minutes, was freaking awesome. They did a great job of getting guys to show up. I know there are guys that we missed. I mentioned David Wright. There's no point of, you know, belaboring it. Guy's not ready to come to Old Timers Day. It's as simple as that. Now, when will he be ready? We'll find out. I don't know. Maybe it's five years from now. Maybe if they have an event in the next couple of years, he'll come then. He's just not ready. I'm not mad at him. He's still in his 30s. Like He's not ready. And here's the difference between David Wright and let's say Daniel Murphy, who did show up. Daniel Murphy retired and seems at peace with retiring. He had a very good latter part of his career, especially when he left the Mets and had the MVP caliber year with the Nationals. David Wright was had baseball ripped away from him. It did. You know, and I know you could argue, well, everyone in a way has baseball ripped from them. You know, they get to their 40s. They're not as good. It's different. This guy was in the prime of his career and had baseball ripped away from him. And so he, more than others, I could totally understand saying, no, I'm not, I'm not ready to go back. And he doesn't have to play in the game. Look, the game was an afterthought. I really think that. It was about seeing the guys. Now, did I enjoy the game? Yes. Was the quality of baseball awful? Yes, it was. I had my fan baseball championship the following day, and I could argue there was a better quality of baseball. I really could. The defense was better in fan baseball than it was in the old-timers game. But not not that I'm bragging by any stretch. I'm just saying, like, the the baseball wasn't good. But here's what was good. And this is the part I cared about. 
when Mike Piazza is at the plate, and I'm just using this as an example because there's a lot of examples. It's like you're in a time warp because he's wearing his jersey. He's got the exact same batting stance. He slowly brings his bat down a home plate like he did 22 years ago. And you squint your eyes and you think to yourself, where am I? Especially with the pitching windups by everybody. You know, Pedro Martinez looked not velocity-wise, not stuff-wise, but it was a similar windup. I'm like, holy crap, it's Pedro Martinez. He's pitching. Al Leiter in slow motion. Obviously, Cologne looked like, you know, I mean, it was basically Bartolo Cologne. I think the velocity may have been the same too. But seeing guys on the field, seeing Doc, again, the quality of his pitches were awful. I understand that. But seeing Doc Gooden and Jesse Orozco on the mound with their same windup. Like, you can't take a windup away from a guy. You can't take their batting stance away from them. And so that was, to me, kid in the candy store material right there. You squint your eyes and you think, holy crap, these guys are back. But while I love that they play the game, because I think the Yankees made a big mistake by having old-timers and not playing the game, the game is the afterthought to it. I'm glad they do it. But it's really seeing all the guys on the field. And I'm trying to think of like my favorite moment from the all-timers game. Probably when Reyes popped up, first batter of the game, pops it up to Kevin Elster, and he falls on his keister. That was fantastic. And coincidentally, Hoff, you'll love this. So my son and my wife, my father, my father-in-law, all go to old-timers day. But I also know it's going to be a long day. So my wife and son leave after old-timers day, which is totally fine. I don't want to burn, ever want to burn my kid out of baseball. So let him enjoy himself, leave on top. When I get home after the Met game at 1130 at night, everybody's sleeping but Jet. And what is he watching on the television screen? Little Big League. Wow. Movie we talked about about a weekend. Will he like Little Big League? He does. But here's the caveat. Here's the reason I bring it up, Hoff. Why am I mentioning Little Little Big League in the middle of a discussion about Old Timers Day? Do you know the answer, or do you want me to tell you? You have to tell me. I don't know. I don't know the correlation. One of the... Okay, I'll give give all the Rico Bronia listeners 30 seconds. Just just marinate. Little Big League, Old Timers Day. The last thing I said before I jumped to Little Big League was I described Jose Reyes popping up a ball to shortstop and an individual who is an old-timer falling on his ass. Well, tick-tock, okay, we're done. When I walked in to watch Little Big League, who's on my screen? Kevin Elster. (laughs) Kevin Elster was in Little Big League. Uh, Did you realize that? I did not. I never saw it, so I didn't know. Oh, oh, that's right. You didn't see it, right? You ruined the movie. It's a real solid movie. It really, I'm not going to give away the ending because I don't want to devastate <laughs> Pete funny. Hoffman here. But it does, it does have a twist at the end. I'll leave it at that. Oh, okay. Okay? So but, when but, you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. I, all right. But, but though the fact is that Kevin Elster, you saw him not once but twice in the same day. Yes. Well, first I see when Kevin Elster, who I fine met, great defensive shortstop, then must have done something when he went to Texas because he had a ton of home runs. I'm not making any implications. But Kevin Elster was always good-looking guy, Hollywood guy, wanted to be an actor. When they showed Elster on the big screen as he jogged out on the field, I looked at my dad. My dad looks at me, and we're like, 
Who the hell is that? That's not Kevin Elster. Like, what, who's that person? Everybody looked like themselves. And then Kevin Elster looked like just like a different person. I don't know who the hell he was. And of course, he drops the pop-up in left field. From a gameplay standpoint, the best old-timer performance-wise was Mookie Wilson. Mookie was the um, old-timers day MVP. He made a great run and catch in left field, and he hit probably the hardest hit ball of the game. And I think he got a hit off Bartolo Colon, who got exposed. Here's the problem with Big Bart. He goes out there. He's like, ooh, I got an audition going on. First pitch he throws, I think it was to Edgardo Alfonso, was quote-unquote fastball. I'm not sure how fast it was. And Fonzie steps out and laughs and says, are you kidding me? Really, we're going to do this? And then the Mets proceeded to hit him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, like, he was giving up hard hit balls. And then when he was taken out of the game, and I forget who came in. Maybe Pedro came in at that point. You can see Cologne was, like, pissed. Like, what, are you taking me out? That's it? So his audition did not go well. Andy Chavez looked good, though. He was probably the other guy who you looked at and said, ah, he could probably still go. But I would say the Rico Bronia, no offense, Rico, he didn't look good. The Rico Bronia, old-timers day MVP, to me, the award clearly goes to Mookie Wilson. Not even, and think about how how old Mookie is. Hoff, he's got to be in his 60s, 67 years he's old. He's 66 because his son was t- tweeting about. It. He goes, "My 66 uh, year old dad just had uh, what was it, two for two? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> amazing, great. amazing. That was great. And I thought they played it the right amount of time. It was a little over an hour before. I, I think after two and a half innings, they stopped it. I think that was the right amount of time. Because it's a long day at the ballpark. Uh, The Mets did screw something up, and I do want to address this. For those that went, if you watched it at home, this probably definitely doesn't impact you. But they kept telling us the ceremonies would begin at 4.30, which they did, no question, and that the ballpark was opening up at 3.30. So you only gave yourself an hour to have the ballpark open and the people come in. So I get to the ballpark early, like everybody else, 3.15, the, I've never seen lines this long. I mean, the lines are insane because they think 40,000 people, maybe 40 is too much. Let's say 30,000 people all showed up at 3 o'clock to get in at 3.30. So they had insane lines. And that's bad. That's bad part number one. Bad part number two is it was so hot outside that I had heard, I didn't see any, but I was told by a few people that a few people needed medical attention, that it was so hot outside while people are waiting on these long lines that you had major dehydration issues. So it's just one of those things where for the future, there's nothing you can do about it now. Hopefully everybody's okay. Open the gates up earlier. I don't think you ever want to put your fans in a spot in which you're telling them, hey, the event starts at 4.30. Naturally, they're not getting there at 4.15. They're getting there early. They want to make sure they're there. And so it created... A real logjam getting into that ballpark. So I thought that was a little bit of an F up. Uh, obviously, everybody eventually got in. And by 4.30, it was a pretty packed crowd. So everyone eventually got in. But considering how hot it was outside, I don't think that was a good idea. So hopefully the Mets fix that for the next time. The last thing about Old Timers Day, 
And this is a tough one, Hoff. I want you to think about this. I may have had this discussion with Steve Cohen. <laughs> this may have been the thing me and him talked about. Old Timers Day was a great success. Everybody loves it. Everybody's happy. Anyone who was on the fence about Willie Mays, hopefully we convinced you in the first 10 minutes of this podcast. I don't know if you do this same event every single year, if the juice is going to be there five years from now. And the example I'd use would be the New York Yankees. Old Timers Day for the Yankees has lost a lot of luster to the point where they did not have a game this year. So I think what the Mets have to be careful about, and I don't have the answer, I have ideas, but I don't have the answer, is how often do you have an event like this? This was the first time they had Old Timers Day in 28 years. So naturally, it was a big effing deal. Kevin Mitchell's here. Holy crap. I don't know what he looked like. What happens if you do the same thing next year? So off the top of your head, Hoff, we love that they're appreciating Met history. But is this something that you can actually do every year? Or is it something you almost have to wait on? You can do it every year. And it's going to be crazy. Here's why. You grab a moment or a few moments and you try to recreate them in the old-timers day. Like, for example, Jose Reyes, what he should have done is laid a bunt, got the first base, and walked off. That's <laughs> what he should have done. And you just add moments like that from the Mets. Listen, the Mets play, uh, you know, amazing moments constantly. They have amazing games. I'm, listen, you can't recreate a Piazza home run. I understand that. But there's moments that you can kind of buy into and cre- recreate have like a whole team from a certain era show up. Listen, 86 Mets, that's basically what would happen. But you, I think you can find a way to be creative and do whatever you Yes. Do. So the last part of what you said is where I'm with you on, because I've been thinking about this. As Lugie probably would take a shot from the Rico the other day, Evan's got too much time on his hands. <laughs> well, trust me, I've got no time on my hands, but somehow this brain works while I'm doing a million other things. <laughs> Um, I think what you need is themes. What you need is a really good theme. I'm going to give you an example that would never, ever happen, but I just want to give you an example, and then we can work with other ideas. If you went to the New York Yankees, all right, and said, we're going to have a 2000 Subway World Series rematch. That's what we're doing. We want to get as many guys from that 2000 team. I know you're not going to get everybody. Jeter's not showing up. And you stay, and we can't take it seriously. Obviously, as Met fans, we can't think, oh boy, we better win this rematch. <laughs> but I think if you pick a year, and I know that may not be the best example because we lost, I acknowledge that. But I think you have to be open that we lost more times than we won. There's only two championships, so <laughs> let's be honest. And I'm sorry, you're not having a rematch of 1969. That's not going to happen. That worked in 1993, 1994. Not going to work in 2022. But I think themes are the way to go. And I love our history, and I appreciate our history, and I'm glad that they had a 60-year reunion, in essence, by bringing everybody back. But now that you've shown that, I think you do the team thing, and I think you kind of stage bringing in rivals. I think you could do a rivalry series. Like, next year, it's the Mets against the hated rivals. Chipper Jones shows up. Chase Utley shows up. Pat Burrell shows up. Random guys that we forget. Josh Willingham, who had a home run in the last game at Shea Stadium, bring his ass in. Like, why that? And and here's what's great about this. Because I think even I would do this. Even I soften up. If you bring Chipper Jones back in an environment like this, it'll be so good-natured. We'll boo him, but it'll be, look at this guy. We got him back. 
And then Chipper's at the plate and he's facing John Franco. Like, I think that's the way to keep it interesting because, look, you had 40,000 people there for Old Timers Day. If you run the same promotion every single year with no differences, I don't know if you get that juice and you even get that crowd. Because look at the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees got a big crowd. They get a big crowd for every game, but I don't think there was ever any juice for Old Timers Day. So I think you got to be get, get creative with themes and ideas and not take it too seriously because, you know, Chipper Jones could hit a home run and we can't cry about it because <laughs> this ain't 1999. But I think that could be a lot of fun. Would you even go – like, listen, a lot. unfortunately the Mets haven't won that many World Series or haven't had the, as many high notes. So you're talking about, like, recreating situations that maybe not might not be as great. Like, would you do a 2007 – Mets versus the Marlins. No. No, okay. no that I wouldn't do. Okay. <laughs> the, the only reason I bring up 2000, and it's too early for 2015, 2015's too recent, is it was a World Series. Like, there is an accomplishment in getting to a World Series. There is. As much as it devastates us that the Mets lost to the New York Yankees, they won the pennant that year. 1973, the Mets got to the World Series, and I think they did have an old-timers day theme in which it was the Mets against the A's again. Um, look, I, I know the 2000 thing is still a sore subject, a sore subject for me, and it's not like a happy, happy memory. That's why I'm not saying that's the answer. I'm just using it as an example. Um, that's why maybe doing the just the rivals, like get, a, get 20 guys that we hated, some of which you forget about, some of which you're like, oh, crap, that's right. That son of a bitch used to kill the Mets random guys to come back because I think that adds to the intrigue of John Rockers walking through that door and and I'll tell you this as crazy as that guy was, I met John Rocker once we had a very nice discussion I told him he was a douchebag and he laughed and he's like okay I said no really I hate your guts but I appreciate that you're coming on my show it was on Maxim Radio years ago but I could tell he had a good sense of humor about it now he's a redneck hillberry racist prick but with all that said he had a good natured feel to him about his rivalry with the Mets so maybe John Rocker would come back but I think the rivalry thing could work but here's the point I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening right now who have better ideas than the ones I suggested I think that's how you can make old timers day work in the future where you go themes with it as opposed to the same thing every year. Because I think the same thing every year eventually won't have the same charm that it had in 2022. No, I, I agree. And that's, again, like we talk about the Yankees, it's it's boring. It's the same people over and over and over. And there's no disrespect to those classic Yankees, but change it up, make it fun. That's the point. It's yes. supposed to be fun. Absolutely. And I think the themes like that would be fun. I do not think Al Leiter threw at Mike Piazza. Just want to make that clear. I don't think Al Leiter was honoring Roger Clemens. That's a guy, by the way, talking about rivals. Get that, get that guy back here. <laughs> get Ro- I don't think Piazza would like it very much, but you could invite Roger Clemens to come back for one of these things. Him and Kurt uh, Schilling. Old-timers Day. What was that? Schill- uh, what was the Phillies? I hated Kurt Schilling. I hated him when he was the Phillies. Yeah, no, no, he was a rival. Don't get me wrong. I don't know. I don't know if I ever hated him. I remember that great comeback we had against him in 1999 where Gardo Alfonso got the game-winning hit. But you're right. No, Schilling's a, he's a good example. Really, anybody, truthfully, if you want to fill out 25, 30 guys, guys who played for the Braves, guys who played for the Phillies, guys who even played for the Marlins, guys who just played for those teams, uh, and we just saw a lot of them because we, we had an era of baseball 
that's about to end in 2023, where you face your division 19 times a year. I mean, that was, I think that started in about 2000 or 2001. So it's a good 20-year run where even if you beat those teams a lot, we hated everybody that we played 19 <laughs> times a year. Anytime you see the same human being 19 times a year, you just want to rip their face off.